Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup, and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25, in natural mint. Here's to the winning combination for 2022, the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB while supplies last. You're listening to an LA Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. To know to Callias, You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. Pass to the middle. Foggy ball. Scores! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I'm Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Every time I arrive at Crypto.com Arena or Toyota Sports Performance Center, pretty much anywhere that I wind up working, uh, when people ask me how I'm doing, my routine answer has usually become something along the lines of, oh, you know, another day, another game. Um, So here we are at the end of another week, looking back at a handful of games and looking forward at another handful of games. But last week was weird. Um, I think that's the word for it. Definitely didn't feel like just another day, just another game most of this past week. John Rosen joined me to take a look back at that week. Zach Dooley and Jim Fox joined me to take a look ahead at next week. It's another Monday, another King of the Week. Let's go. All right, it's time to name a King of the Week, and joining me to do so, a familiar face, a familiar voice, John Rosen. How are you doing, John? I'm great, Jesse. It's awesome to be back here. Thank you. It's awesome to have you back. Uh, before we get into you, let's go ahead and hammer out the Kings of the Week. I explained the format to you, so we'll start with you. Honorable mention for King of the Week. Honorable mention, somebody that's been in the news this week. I'm going with Cal Peterson. You know, Cal was really held accountable. Um, Cal uh, obviously hasn't had a good start to the season. He had a rough year last year. He had a preseason injury. He's going to Ontario. He's taken a lot of this. This whole um, funk in the stream of goals against, he's being held accountable. So that's tough for him. He's got a great head on his shoulders. It's, you know, he gets paid handsomely. So, you know, you can't say, woe is Cal. But, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him to come back. And I think it's going to show a lot of good character when, you know, it's never just one person uh, responsible for whether a team is good, whether a team is bad. So good luck to Cal. And first star of the night last night, uh, when we're recording this, Friday night, there will be another game played by the time you hear this, Kings fans. But uh, my honorable mention is Cameron Gantz, Uh, because I love Cameron Gantz. I won't waste everybody's time explaining why. If you listen to the podcast, you know why. But he was here at the game against Arizona and did an intermission hit, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. I'm a huge fan of Cameron Gantz. John Rosen, you're runner-up. Oh, that's thank you. Thank you. Always, Always the bridesmaid. Um, now, uh, you know, for the runner-up of the... Oh, I thought you were calling me no. the runner-up. Yeah, no, I thought no, you were no. saying that I was the runner-up no, of your, it's your now time honorable for your mention, mention. Possessive, not, oh, not descriptive. Like, oh, yeah, oh yeah. okay, I get it. No, my <laughs> runner-up is uh, Jim Hiller. Uh, terrific month, two months. Yeah, really, I don't know, last six weeks for the LA Kings power play, especially the Dano unit. 
Um, Jim Hiller has always been an offensive-minded coach. I told myself I wasn't going to drop any WHL references, <laughs> and I won't. He was excellent with Nashville, with the New York Islanders, wherever he has now gone I'm with Toronto, <laughs> uh, as the right-hand man previously to uh, Mike Babcock as well. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting because he also does have a good reputation as working with young defensemen, too. We saw it uh, in New York uh, when he worked with Noah Dobson, who had a good breakthrough season last year. Uh, guys like Adam Pellick, uh, you know, the very mobile Devin Taves, who, you know, when he joined them. Um, very good New York Islanders blue line. So uh, just proof is in the pudding. He's been terrific. He's also getting a, a little bit of a boost because he coached Oscar Moeller in Chilliwack. <laughs> Uh, so first of all, before we get to my runner-up, I want to thank you because I give the same instructions to everybody they gave to you, which is that you don't have to limit your choices to active players on the roster. I tell people it can be the peanut vendor. It can be employee, you know, it can be yeah. the people yeah, who yeah. run the elevators. It yeah. can be so the fact, <laughs> I love it. So I, oh, oh, I'm, I thank I, you for, oh, I should for have mixing gotten, it up. I should have gotten a little bit looser out here. And I'm, honestly, I'm a little jealous that, that you've gone with the choice you've gone with. However, my runner-up is going to be Samuel Fogamo for scoring his first career NHL goal. He had his first NHL point on Thursday against the Arizona Coyotes. That makes him a point-per-game player in the NHL this season. Uh, always nice to see a young player. Um, we were wondering in the press box, though, when was the last time a Kings player got their first goal in a game the Kings won? It feels like it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. but I mean, going back, I just the first one that came to my mind was Curtis McDermott. I mean, I know it's obviously been so many before that, but geez, I guess that would have been in the 18-19 season on Carey Price. If you say so. <laughs> uh, I believe that was a 3 nothing win. So that things like that, but that's, yeah. that wasn't the last one. So then, John, your selection for King of the Week. I'm going to get to that in a second, but, you know, Samuel Fagamo, mm. he's also somebody that... Uh, Really, I thought was sturdy on his skates, uh, protected the puck well. There was a game, a moment in the Arizona game where he collided in the same spot. I think it was Barrett Hayton probably had a little bit of inside leverage on him and probably threw 60% of the hit, but it was Hayton that lost his balance and fell. Uh, Fogamo, you know, he stayed he stayed strong on his skates. So um, I, I really liked uh, Bjornfoot's game, too, in that Arizona game, but we're getting a little bit too ahead of our There was actually a similar play like that tonight yeah. where uh, I don't recall the Carolina Hurricane player who put his weight on Vagamo, yeah. but yeah. he brushed it off. Yeah. And you can tell going. he's got a yeah. strong lower body too. That's something I noticed again when, you know, when we, we'd been talking to him over the last couple of days. Um, but uh, a number one King of the week is Trevor Rabone. Trevor called wow. 17 goals <laughs> wow. on Tuesday night, each one better than the last. So congratulations to Trevor. I remember when I was in the uh, Cal league, my 2005 High Desert Mavericks hit 215 home runs. Got to practice my home run call that year uh, on Tuesday night. Trevor Rabone, that was the day he truly became the LA Kings P.A. announcer. <laughs> really taking the instructions to heart. <laughs> all right. It wasn't surprising. He's doing a great job. Wasn't shout out to Trevor, too. And listen, we love Trevor. Um, all right. Well, I'm going with Kevin Fiala because he just got a whack load of points. And it's difficult in a week like this to evaluate uh, strong play because there are so many points handed out in that game on Tuesday and then a win over a Fiala had less four. than he had yes. four, four assists in that game. I mean, this stretch that the Kings are in, they're scuffling right now. It's uh, it's not taking advantage of the fruits that Kevin Fiala has given them because he has been their best player over the last month, if not more. And I think uh, tonight breaks his streak of games with multiple points. Yeah, uh, he just amount of skill you 
always have to be ready for that pass wherever you are in the offensive zone. And there was good balance in the lineup when he was skating back with Kapari. But right now, he's back on the top line. Uh, the only concern you wonder about, and I, there's no concern because Piala has been great, how much uh, you know his his production maybe cannibalizing Kempe's or somebody else on the line. But you know that's that, those are questions that I'm sure that front office and the, the hockey operations have already asked themselves and, and it's something that well i expect to see fiala i'm glad you mentioned it because it was a question i asked when they first acquired him um and we spoke to adrian kempe before the season and he made a comment that didn't sound like he was concerned about it but he said the thing that i always am concerned about when the team acquires a, a top line player um and this goes back to when they got milan lucic to play with kovatar and gavrik when you have players that like the puck on their stick and you load them up on one line, I think it, I, I think it can't help but cannibalize yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah it's possible. I, I, it's, they'll, they'll work it out. They have enough good offensive pieces that they ha- can plug in holes, especially when Alex Iafalo comes back, and he could be back early on this upcoming trip, um, that the forward groups, they, they should be able, again, to, to ride out four in a row. And I said it back then, you know, the Kings had one of the better fourth lines in the league when Brendan Lemieux was healthy. Um, and, and I mentioned something, you know, that they're going to miss him. And it's easy to joke and say, oh, yeah, well, well if they're going to miss a fourth liner, then what type of team is this? But, you know, there was an identity there. There was a good grinding identity. You can tell from the way that Blake Lazat has been playing, the way that Todd McClellan has been speaking about him, that he's almost like, you know, Trevor Lewis was to Daryl Sutter. Um, so that group, uh, really, when they had Grundstrom skating with them, um, was a very effective trio. So it's going to be interesting. He's skating again, but he's not He's not going to be on this trip, to my knowledge. Uh, he's still a little ways away from returning. So we're going to put a pin in that and come back to it in just a second. But first, I have to say congratulations, Kevin Fiala, this week's King of the Week. All right, so we've gotten the King of the Week. And before we come back to that pin I put in, John, uh, let's tell people about your work, where they can find it. Absolutely. Theforumreport.com. It's a uh, high quality LA Kings writing news, breaking news, <laughs> analysis, so yourself. <laughs> uh, good morning posts, occasional Jake Muzzin propaganda. If I may, you received possibly the most valuable endorsement you could from Jacob Surly Murray, oh, who yeah. does not I can't even think Are of the word. He does not promote. He does not support. But he also, but he also is not prone to false praise, right? Oh, he's he, a good guy. I'll hit him and uh, and of course Bobby Scribe too. I mean, those are like mm-hmm. OGs of uh, of the Kings. But if he didn't like it, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have gone out of his no, way to tell no, you that he liked. He's always been a great reader and a good supporter of uh, good stuff. So thankful. It's 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 been fun. Uh, and I'll, I'll still doing NHL network stuff, albeit world juniors in Moncton and Halifax, uh, about three weeks from now. So, uh, Brant Clark and I don't know if we're going to be on the same <laughs> flight out. Um, but it's been really great. I've been traveling with the team, not with them, but separate from them and, uh, home and road, uh, won't be on the Eastern Canada trip, but we'll be traveling again, uh, when we get back in January, um, similar to what was going on with the insider. Uh, but you know, trying to find a niche. It's interesting. And we can go on. I mean, you and I can have this conversation for hours and hours and hours. I think people want to hear this conversation. (laughs) Um, You know, finding ways about how to differentiate from not just what... I'm going to interrupt you real quick here because he's walking right behind you. My real king of the week is Chris Rogers for coming through and and doing his job through injury. Taking one for the team. All right. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah, No, no, no. It's... um, 
I don't remember. Were we talking about what? The Hot Circuit Proxy? Yeah. No. We <laughs> well, Brothers movie? So let me ask you two questions <laughs> about forumreport.com. Yeah. One is how does it differentiate from what you were doing? Not too at much. The yeah, not too much. Some similar uh, uh, features, waking up with the kings, mm-hmm. the good morning features. Um, I'm trying to figure that out right now. Right now, it's just, you know, not just covering the team on a beat. We have, uh, you know, a playmaking chart after every game, 24 hours after a game, which is, you know, a collection of statistics that I log, I chart, and rewatch the games um, that are, that contain plays that the team values at the front office and, and business, or I should say uh, hockey operations values, passes into the slot, successful passes into the slot versus unsuccessful, who is driving, who is contributing to clean entries, who is the one denying the clean entries, it's Mikey Anderson, um, things <laughs> like that. So uh, that's just a part of it, though. There's going to be great storytelling. There will be more travel writing. There will be more hockey business coming up. While I'm at uh, World Juniors, there's going to be a lot of uh, World Juniors content, but it's a subscription site. You can get a, uh, an annual or monthly uh, uh, subscription, theforumreport.com. Very similar to the work that I was doing uh, with Insider, but again, you know, trying to find a, a new niche, and, and it's going to be through breaking news and, and good inside analysis gained from you know almost a decade uh, right next to the team. Well, I know a tremendous amount of Kings fans who have already, you, uh, who have already complimented the work. I myself uh, enjoy it greatly. Second question is, you say you're not traveling with the team, but would you say you're following the team as if following the Grateful Dead? I was just about to say, it's like going to fish. <laughs> yeah, Although yeah. it's like, that was more probably Southwest flights out of Burbank uh-huh. to like Phoenix and the Bay Area and stuff. No, it's it's fun, you know, and I've said it before. One of the ways that it's liberating is that I can do it on my schedule and my schedule, you know, the hours don't really change. I'm still doing it at, you know, up until one in the morning, you know, after games and stuff like that. So you know, just being able to, I, I, I guess, one of the ways that I would call it, consider it liberating. I don't have to do a game thread anymore. I don't have to tweet during the games on Twitter. I don't want people, like, don't even follow me on Twitter. Go <laughs> buy a subscription. Um, I don't, You know, I just bring my, like, you know, jokes about kids' movies to, to Twitter and stuff like that. Sing but, too, highly yes, recommended from yes, John Rosa. Fish concert reviews and, uh, and movie reviews. Um, but it's it's... I, again, where were we going? I don't even remember. I forget. I, I just, without sounding completely like a cranky old man, um, we are entering a stage of King's fandom. You know, we used to have conversations with you, me, the half, Pumper, all, you know, the old heads at uh, this point. But we used R.I.P. Attacked by bees. We so used sad. To, <laughs> we used to break down the King's fans into different eras right there were the 67 fans there were the miracle on manchester fans there were the gretzky trade fans the 20s you know the early 2000s fans there's the cup fans but we're at a point now where the cups are 10 years in the distance i'm not sure that there is a clear high watermark right now to say like oh this is where the next new batch of fans are and yet there are young people who are fans and employees of the team. And I frequently find myself having conversations like, hey, does anybody remember yeah. this? And the answer is almost uh, always no. No, it's like, yeah, do you remember like when we always used to make fun of the Kings and Wild or like the Arizona Coyotes and things like, you know, that one time that uh, Jake Muzzin like got a match penalty for like putting his butt on Boyd Garden- Gordon's face. And, the uh, number Darryl of people Tung, yeah. who know who Dominic Lavoie is, yeah. <laughs> uh, is shrinking on the daily. So the reason I bring it up is to say I've been trying to figure out who 
does Kevin Fiala most resemble from Kings of Days Gone By? I, oh, I, you have someone in mind, it sounds like. Kind of, Who? but not really. Palvi. And it's not oh, even, no, it's no, not even yeah, a perfect one-for-one no. one comparison. It's just the closest thing I well, can come I'm up with. I'm glad you said that, too, because I'm owed a, we're about to talk, Daryl, uh, I should say, a Derek Armstrong and I, and a couple of Ziggy Palfi's teammates. I need to get some Ziggy Palfi stories going in, because he's one of the most interesting people uh, that's ever played for the LA Kings. And he's a little bit hard to track down, and it's not going to be searching for Ziggy or anything like that, but going and getting uh, his teammates and people who played with them and know them. I now want to see a Searching for Sugar Man uh, <laughs> style documentary, Searching for Ziggy, starring uh, John Rosen. We, any, any time that I can discuss Ziggy, I will be happy to do so. Stop me on the street and I'll talk Ziggy. The other question is, Kings fans have seen all sorts of craziness over the years, whether it's historical playoff comebacks, whether it's trades for superstars, whether it's Goals that were scored off the back of the net or, you know. Two one shootout losses in Minnesota. Uh, those two. Um, but this past week, I'm not sure I can remember a moment like that in no. Kings history. No. It's, uh, I mean, rarer than a perfect game in baseball. Um, the way that I described, the only thing that I could like, com- like for a regular season game was like watching the Dodgers hit back to back to back to back home <laughs> runs. They won that game mm-hmm. and then hit, hit down one, Nomar hitting the two-run bomb off of CNS in the bottom of the 10th to win it. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's we've all, you know, I, I was talking to Zach Dooley, I, I was talking to uh, friends, you know, I've talked to you about it. Um, have you ever worked a game, anything close to that? I remember I was part of a 10 nothing loss, the last game of the season in the 08-09 WHL season. We lost 10 nothing. at, yeah, I did it again. <laughs> Ten nothing to Seattle, but other than that, I I mean, no, no, I don't. I mean, I remember going to like the twelve four right. Kings win over Calgary in the playoffs. That's that's the only thing I can remember, and that's like Gretzky era. But I think so everybody's I, seen a one sided blowout yeah, where you just throw your yeah. hands up and you go, okay, uh, whatever. Nine, but eight, nine eight in overtime. No, in overtime. It's like one of those like games that's broadcast on Wednesday on ESPN Football. That's <laughs> like the whack or the Mac. It's like, you know, when, when you get like Eastern Michigan against Northern Illinois and they're playing on a gray field and it's a Wednesday night and it's 72-69 going into the second overtime. This is, this like is an analogy for Jack Wilson, not for me. <laughs> In my head, I've already got music playing. Um, but then the fallout was, was equally unfamiliar, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I covered two Jennings trophies with the team. Uh, it wasn't. Right. It's not just the goaltending, though the goaltending is a concern. But a lot of those challenges that they have now are challenges that they had last year. And you hear them talk about expected goals versus actual goals, something that Rob Blake brought up. Well, they had the expected goals versus actual goals challenge last year as well. They were continuing to give up too many goals off the rush from high quality chances. I mean, the game against Carolina is a pretty good representation where the Kings owned the puck for most of the time, probably had pretty good possession numbers. I didn't look at the final shot attempts. Expected goals were probably pretty, uh, probably pretty even low for both teams. But you give Carolina and you give... You know, you know, Sebastian Ajo, an extra one chance. That's all he needs to get it into the back of the net. So um, I think that's been a challenge. All, uh, last year into this year has been just getting rid of those, you know, Netherlands versus USA style, um, just counterattacking high quality rush chances. Uh, that's been the challenge. 
So then I'll put you on the spot and ask you which camp you fall in. Maybe it's neither. Um, there are those who look at the record and the play on the ice and choose pessimism. There are those who look at the play on the ice, then look at the record and choose optimism. Which yeah. which way does your internal I, compass point? Uh, it's still it's so hard because we're now 26, 27 games almost into the season, and we still don't know. These are some of the same questions that we had before the year. So I, it's mixes of both. Um, I didn't, didn't come away too enthused after the Arizona game, but also at the same time in that game thought, wow, Bjornfoot actually looks really good in this game. That gives them better balance if they can switch Jersey to the right side. And, hey, you've got Ayafalo coming back very soon. Like, hey, this is a team that is poised probably – of next week but they're going to string off some wins it's probably coming a little bit and then you know you also look at some of these games you look up in the second period and, and quick was good against uh, carolina but you know you're looking at 18 of 21 and you need a, you need you know that that 900 plus save percentage a little bit more than that and it's just not quite there so there are still some fundamental issues the goaltending is still a little bit questionable um uh the four check, which was so, so strong uh, earlier this month, hasn't quite returned. And that's that's a little bit of a concern for me, too. Um, but then again, the players that they can slot in some of those areas, uh, you know, they, they have players that will be able to help the lineup that are just about to return. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an important trip. It's obviously an important trip coming up right now. For them. Well, I appreciate your time and your insight. For My m- pleasure. For more of John's insights, <laughs> forumreport.com. Uh, if you are a Kings fan, and if you're listening to this podcast, obviously you are. <laughs> I don't think you'll regret it, uh, and I would go so far as to say that you could even cancel subscriptions to alternate no, 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 news no, no, outlets no, no, if no, you no, wanted no, to. No, 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 no. Unless it's like I don't know, like uh, what's something off? I was gonna, I was gonna make it. I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't decide if I was gonna go like inappropriate or like appropriate. I you can cancel your Peacock else, subscription. Yeah. Yes, Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Apologies yeah. if they're a sponsor of the Kings now. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much, John. Thank you, Jesse. All right. Joining me now, Jim Fox, Zach Dooley. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I am uh, both jealous and also whatever the opposite of jealous is of you two guys, because you're all both about to go out on a six I'm so tall. And Zach is not. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> you're well, and I've all clearly got better hair than you. <laughs> yeah, um, clearly. As long as we're saying things that aren't true. Um, <laughs> but you guys are about to go out on a six-game road trip. Now, I've never been on a road trip with a team. It sounds like a ton of fun. But I also know both of you personally, and I have heard the downside of road trips. And six games is a long time. Um, it's a very long time. Through some neighborhoods that aren't so warm this time of year. I'll tell you what, I started packing seven days ago. So okay. that's how that's how my life has changed over the years. You hear you we ask players all the time, you know, what's different now than when you first came? Well, the biggest difference for me is I start packing about five days ahead. Do especially for a six line? game. My laundry basket is overflowing. Like today, <laughs> being Sunday, yesterday is when this is airing. Mm-hmm. This is a laundry day at the Dooley house because I gotta get some clothes clean. But I try that intentionally. So then everything in my arsenal is available to me and i can just pick what i want for the trip jim how many specialized articles of clothing do you have specifically for trips through like buffalo toronto ottawa uh, you know what the the 
warmth clothing. I I just have a regular old scarf mm. is something I never ever took on the road before. Huge now scarf I, guy. Take, I, I take the <laughs> yeah. scarf now and I wrap around. I it keeps you warm. Uh, gloves, but for me it's you know it's five sets of workout because I you know the trainers equipment people they do our laundry for us, but I don't like to send it in every day. Mm. So I like to keep it for four or five. Then you know so I bring five of those. Uh, three undershirts, uh, two of them are long sleeve undershirts, one short sleeve undershirt, three sweaters. And then I, I think I'm going to go with a, a sports jacket on the plane, but I'm only going to bring two suits, but six shirts, six ties, six, six, uh, puffy things. How many, uh, hankies. There you go. The hankies. Uh, pockets. Puffy yeah, things. Pockets yeah, yeah. 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 Um, if you ever decide to branch out from, uh, being a vintner and get into uh, Poofy Square. Uh, that's the name of your company right there. Wow. Poofy Square. <laughs> yeah, Poofy Square. Yeah. Boxes Poofy Squares. Um, I like it. How many ties do you own? Uh, like ballpark? 50? Oh, that's not so many. Yeah. I, yeah. Probably like 30. Yeah. I'm way like, off uh, of what I was originally planning on asking. How many have I given away in the last year? About 50. Right. How many do I actually wear? Probably like 10. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Like you know, I have. That's where my. I just have this like Recycle. three three yeah. pronged rack in my closet. It's like a hanger, uh-huh. but then it splits into three, and like the back five on each one haven't been worn in years, and I should probably throw them away. I've got some that like you could land an airplane on them. They're that wide. Yeah, <laughs> those are the ones <laughs> in the back. Real, you know, yeah. I like them. So and and you know what, I basically you 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 know you close the bottom of your jacket so you don't necessarily see the wide part. So mm-hmm. I can get I can get away with you get away with it. Yeah, I've got one. It's blue and it has the Parliament buildings in Ottawa. On ah. it. When am I ever going to wear that? Working uh, for a hockey come team on in this, LA. Come on this road trip wow, yeah. and you'll see it right there. <laughs> you see the Parliament buildings. All right. So what I really wanted to bring you guys on to talk about was the Carolina Hurricanes, the Kings opponent on Saturday night. All uh, the Hurricanes men. All the Hurricanes men. Exactly. Um, and the reason I wanted to talk about them is because last night, Dooley and I said yesterday, Jim, before the game in the pregame show, that the game against Arizona, you could have told me any outcome before the game happened, and I would have believed you. Anything was on the table. Carolina was such a good team that I didn't care about the outcome. I just cared about how well they played right. during that game because Carolina is the cream of the league at this point. They're clockwork. They are a machine. I know Todd used those words in the morning. We've used them over the years. Uh, quick decisions was one of my keys for the games, and then I heard Todd after talking about the same. It's just... Maybe the way you see it, when this type of team comes in, everyone gathers around and watches because you want to learn something. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right now, the Kings are not at that stage. They're not there. Um, and Carolina feels they're only going to get better as the season goes along. But uh, And during, the, you know, I think I even mentioned the Zach one. It reminded me of the soccer game, the U.S. team against Netherlands, where, you know, were the Netherlands, did they, you know, overwhelm you with, no. But when they got their chances, man, were they good. And they made you pay. You make a mistake, you don't have, mark your guy within, you know, uh, Ajo's goal. Victor Arvidsson skated all the way down the ice. He stopped and glided for like two straight. Not, this is not an effort thing. We know that, right? If there's one, and you know, I hate the effort. <laughs> but Victor's, you don't ever classify him as a guy. And he just, he was an inch away. The first goal of the game where, you know, Toby stands up and Arthur's coming back. And there's a split second there. And Carolina just surgically makes you pay. Uh, 
the other and I, I was talking today, which is the, the Sunday practice day with Drew Doughty. And I just, because I, I did have a couple of people on Twitter last night mention it, and it really hit me. It said, do the Hurricanes remind you of 2012 and the mm. Kings? And I said, you know what? And, and the, the overriding and that is they don't beat themselves. Very rarely do they give you something on a platter. And they're efficient. I think I used the word efficient unefficiently last night because <laughs> I used it too inefficiently. much. Inefficiently. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. See how unefficient Yeah, exactly. Um, so a conversation that I saw on Twitter last night was talking about the size of Carolina's defense versus the size of the LA Kings defense. And I, it's been brought up by smarter people than me, but I don't, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think of the LA Kings defense as being particularly undersized. I don't think of them as being large. Um, but then when you see a team like Seattle or Calgary or mm-hmm. Carolina, you see the difference. Yes, you do see the difference. And as long, as long as the observers who are saying the Kings defense or the Kings as a whole are not big enough and they're not tough enough. I hope you're not the same person that four years ago and you're saying the Kings are too big and slow. <laughs> right. <laughs> no way of knowing. I mean, I... But that happened, right? Yeah, and then all sure. of a sudden you make a change like the Kings did, consciously made a change in the type of player they're going after because they wanted to get skilled and quicker. Now they're in between. Now you're... But no, I, I think... Uh, I don't think it's a secret that the Kings need would like to get a left-handed defenseman <laughs> yeah. with some size. Zach, last night a question that I was debating whether or not to ask during the post-game press conference with Tom McClellan, but so many other people had questions. When that happens, I always feel like I don't need to, and I'll just shrink back. One of the questions I wanted to ask was we saw them score two goals. It wasn't a blowout. Carolina didn't come in and totally dominate them. But is resiliency, is determination, all the catchphrases that we've heard right used about this Kings team over the last, whatever, 15 months. Is it still that silver lining in a game like that against an opponent like that? That three nothing didn't become five or six. It, it yeah. became four two or, or even three to one at one point last night. I, I thought was one of the rare games where usually when Todd is asked if the line changes that he made, Gave him anything he liked, whatever. It's usually like, ah, we were just trying to get something going, and we didn't. Mm. Last night, he said, like, we actually got some energy off of the moves that we made. Thought they played with more speed through the middle when they moved Velarde to center, when they shuffled their lines around a little bit. And I thought they played a lot better in the third with with trying to take the Kings game a little bit more to Carolina because in the opening 40, it was the other way completely. It was Carolina imposing their game on the Kings. So it is a good sign, I suppose, Maybe you could say a moral victory, um, but I didn't maybe necessarily go away with one of those like, oh, like really good on the Kings mm-hmm. for showing that mentality. It wasn't that night for me, but it was still, you know, if it was a youth hockey tournament, they'd get a point <laughs> sure. for winning the third period. So we'll give them that. Yeah, if 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 the Kings season has not had not gone the way it has gone, then I but things have to start improving quickly. But, I mean, I guess what I'm sort of really asking is, are there some teams that are just so much better than your team that they were evaluation is just difficult? Um, yeah. And, and a lot of what you, you ca- talked about earlier, I went into last night's game thinking, what can we learn from this team? Mm-hmm. That's what I went in. So I was, was I conceding victory? No, but I was kind of like, okay, I think you just mentioned it. You weren't really concerned about the result, just how well they played. I don't think they 
overwhelmed. I think they controlled the game. The second period, there was a 10-minute segment there where they were really good, and they didn't have an abundance of scoring chances. They just controlled every inch of the ice. And that's something I think the Kings are trying to learn. I think the Kings are trying to get there. Again, it's been so up and down this year. And uh, which is, you know, I'm, I'm giving myself a, a task. Define work ethic. Okay. And define inconsistency. And I, how does it show up? Why does it show up? And I'm, I'm you know, that might be two books unto itself. But you could, if you could answer that question, I think you'd be getting hired by no, uh, yeah, well, as yeah, in the league, right? But I think, <laughs> I think we can come up with, I think we can come, inconsistency happens because of, I think I can bring up five things right now. But we, I was talking with Justy the other day. It's If I'm, if I'm going to say someone's not going to work, if I'm going to say the work ethic is being questioned, then I have to name that player and tell you where I felt he was not working hard. Inconsistency, I'm hearing it so much now, I have to, to define it. Well, that means uh, addition of new players. So it's going to take time, right? Chemistry builds through repetition. So it takes time. So for a period, you're going to be inconsistent coming up with a you know, solid effort because uh, uh, agendas. Individual players have agendas in their own mind. I'm not... A third line left winger. I'm a first line left winger. And do you bring that subconsciously into the game? And if you do, where's your focus? So lack of focus brings inconsistency. Uh, a Sean Dursey playing out of position brings inconsistency. Uh, save percentage might affect a team that's playing okay and you're not getting the save at the right time. And I think we could make that argument. That So there's four things anyway. I just, and the fifth thing is this. Players are just not good enough. Compared to right. the competition. Yeah. Well, I don't think the Kings are there because I think they're, I, I think they're going to keep getting better here. I think I think we've seen the worst. Well, so th- this is the the sort of saving grace conversation for those who want to who want to trend positive, which is usually not me, um, but in this case it it is me. You 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 can label all of the complaints you want about the Kings: inconsistent results, uh, lack of identity, all the things we're all tired of talking about, and yet their record, yeah, not bad. It's solid. Mm-hmm. Especially when you, you factor in the division they're in, mm-hmm. the teams they're likely competing with for a playoff spot. It's not as if there are four teams in the Pacific who are on a Vegas-level tear. It's just Vegas. Mm-hmm. Same issues. I don't follow Edmonton, Calgary, Seattle, all that. Maybe not Seattle. They're yeah, overachieving. They're right. <laughs> but if you look at the other teams who were expected to be in the playoff mix, I'm sure that they are saying the same thing. You know what they are? Inconsistent. Yeah, there you are. go. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I'm going to ho- go ahead and assume that the same inconsistency word is being used to describe those teams by their podcasters and mm. writers and broadcasters as well. The, the tough part is, though, as far as I'm aware, and I haven't done it, I've heard the numbers. If 
if you just keep prorate the numbers and look forward, the Kings would not have enough points to get in the playoffs. Well, so I think at one point, I don't know what it is today, but at one point they were on pace for 92 points. Okay, so 95 gets you in, right? That's sure. What, well, that's what everybody says. But yeah. the same day that we were saying the Kings are on a pace for 92, the team behind them in the standings on pace for like 89. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. If, if all, you know, like, yes, it applies to one team, but if you're using the same thing for all the teams, then everybody's behind the pace. At so. the same time, you don't want to... No. You can't just sit <laughs> no. there and let <laughs> no, expect that Edmonton or Calgary no. will finish with 90, right? You have to get yourself to that 95-100-point pace. When Edmonton gets Evander Kane back, they're going to be a better team. For sure. Now, let's hope when the Kings get Alex Iofalo back, it creates... There's there is the inconsistency breaker. Mm-hmm. He's He is a... He is the personification of consistency. And a lot of it is not in your face, right? It's all those little things that I think a lot of people don't like us talking about. But if you play with him as a line mate, you you see it all the time. And he just brings it night after night. Agent of consistency. Yeah, I like that. Um, actually, if he, the Netflix show right there. there Alex, I follow Agent of Consistency. <laughs> um, we used to say uh, of Justin Williams that his type of play was contagious. You put him on a line and you're going to wind up with three Justin Williamses. You put him in a locker room, you wind up with a locker room full of, you know, look what he did in Carolina with the circle of jerks thing. Um, is consistency a trait that can be as contagious as whatever it was about Justin Williams that was contagious? I think you can learn preparation mm-hmm. that helps you become more consistent. Okay. Your preparation has a lot to do with that. Can you shield out and put in the cupboard a distraction? I think veteran players do that better than young players where – you come into the league, you have something that's on your mind, it's bothering, whatever it is, you're not in the right position, you're not getting enough ice time, it's, or it might be a personal thing off the ice, and you, it bothers you. As you get older, I think you learn how to handle those things a little bit better. So the upcoming trip, Zach, six teams in the East, two top-tier teams, two sort of middle of the pack, and then two bottom-tier teams, if I'm being polite. Um, what kind of, what in your mind is a successful trip for this team at this stage in their season? I don't think it matters who they're playing mm. because we saw it against Ottawa. You, I'm sure, would classify them as a bottom team to put it politely. Yet, you know, that team outplayed the Kings a week ago. Yeah, I guess I should say um, three bottom teams then. You know, the Kings, Kings last season. 12-3-2 and two mm-hmm. against the Atlantic. This mm-hmm. year, they're 5-0-1, oh, and, and five of the six games are against the Atlantic division. That, that doesn't matter, even though it's it seems like it is a little bit of a trend at this point. But they, they just have to play more of the way that you want them to play, game over game, period over period, because sometimes it's, it's that fine this year. So I, I think you want it. And I, I think that if they start to do that game over game, like we saw when they went on that Eastern Coast trip last year in late January going to the All-Star break when they were turning it over. Even when they had an off night like they did in Philly on that trip, they got a point. And then they came back to their game the next day. So finding that style game over game should eventually lead to results, and hopefully it does on this trip. Jim, they get Ayafalo. 
they have some weaker opponents. Is this an opportunity to nail down that? Consi- like, could they theoretically? Yeah. I'm going to be way up high in the sky here, but could they come back from this six game trip and be like, oh yeah, the Kings are consistent again? I would. I'll, I'm just going to say it. I never, ever think of or would use the term weaker opponent. That's a lower thing. in the standings. <laughs> yeah, sure. Lower in the standings. Yes. Uh, at a different stage of development. Mm-hmm. In their organization, their franchise is going through a rebuild, or you know, uh, but I really, man, I'm just hoping because those road trips last year's act that you were talking, like that's when that group, that's when you saw a playoff team, mm-hmm. and you know yeah, they were going through injuries. Uh, uh, Momo comes in, and Pittsburgh makes that nice pass. Was yep. it to, uh, to just Moore. every yeah, just all the and then game after game it was. So maybe there's something about the road. Maybe there's something about the numbers you're talking about in the Atlantic. And, man, they were just glaring last year. And as you say, off to a good start this year. So uh, I'm, I'm, I do watch the opponent like we did with Carolina. I respected them so much that I wasn't devastated when the Kings lost. But um, I really – I'm just hoping – that they can recreate what they had last year on those road trips because it was impressive with the way they went against some higher standings teams last year. They went into buildings with teams ahead of them and they just came out and uh, it was good. Well, I feel like I've been saying this every game this year, but it'll be an interesting next couple of games to see what happens with this team and where it goes. I guess that's what happens when you're inconsistent. Well, one of you guys bring me back an arrow bar. Not my favorite. No? No, I'm the Mr. Big Guy. Okay. Yeah. I the play. trip was the other way. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if you want the arrow bar that's, oh, that's sitting fair. at the bottom of my <laughs> that's luggage fair. from ketchup? Montreal to... Ketchup chips? I, You know, I bought them a couple yeah. years ago when I did the Don Cherry thing for Halloween. Right. Yeah, they're all right. Salt like and vinegar. That's, we get yeah. salt and vinegar yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. All dressed yeah. are mine. Okay. They had them in Edmonton in the press box last year. In the M&Ms are smart. Dressed. Oh, not even close. Yeah. M&Ms, right? You got it. Yeah. Okay. I'm American now. Yeah. Yeah. The... Have you ever had like Canadian vinegar compared to yeah home oh, fries? It's it's just phenomenal. Yeah, like my wife actually has it sent to her here. It took me years because when I was a kid, we'd go back and see my family. Um, you know, like I went to summer camp uh, in Ottawa a couple of years, and there was a whatever a snack stand, yep. and I'd go and get fries, and they'd have ketchup or vinegar, oh. and, and I was like ten or something, so I was like, oh vinegar, that's gross. Yeah, and my older cousin finally sat me down and forced me. And my oldest brother. Oh. <laughs> my oldest brother Mike used to drink the vinegar. Oh, right that's from, okay. Right that's a step too far. <laughs> no, he drank, and, but Susie, my wife, she, today, any oil and vinegar based salad dressing or salad, I'd put it up there against the world's best salads. And it's because of the vinegar. All right. Well, if you can take anything away from this, Kings fans, it's Alex, I follow, agent of consistency, and drink vinegar. Jim, thank you. Zach, thank you. Talk to you soon, Kings fans.